0: So my youngest brother did one of those genealogy uh, shot or uh, things where you, you, you put your genetics in and they tell you where you're from, which started this whole process of him becoming an amateur genealogist. Every once in a while, he shares a family text about some tidbit or another that he has discovered about the doors that were largely German and the Sokals that were mostly Polish but a little bit of German and a few other places mixed in, we are most definitely American mutts. Recently, for example, he sent a picture of a cemetery headstone of one of our great-great-whatever-grandparents in a largely untended graveyard. You could tell that he had to pull weeds just to even find it. He shared our ancestors' immigration papers recently and a story about their jobs and later their careers. He also discovered that we are descendants, I've said this before, of one of the witches at the Salem witch trials. We are all so proud. I enjoy these texts and Matt's passion for our family story, which often includes stories about our Catholic faith. That, For example, my parents met Each other in a Catholic grade school and went to the junior prom together. My mom was prom queen and my dad was class president. I could throw up, right? Or the immigrant spirit that led one of my grandfathers, a Catholic orphan, to get his pharmacy degree to serve others. Or my grandmother who graduated from the St. Vincent Nursing School in Indianapolis. It's important to know some aspect about our past so that we know where we've come from And who we are. St. Luke shares our church family story in the Acts of the Apostles, giving us a glimpse of who we are as the body of Christ. Under God's inspiration, he collected these stories so that we would be anchored to the truth. St. Luke had a front row seat as he traveled with St. Paul. He likely knew Mary, Peter, Mark, and some of the others. During the Easter season, we have the privilege of hearing the stories of our ancestors in faith and the community of the risen Lord in the early church. Over the last weeks, Luke has shared in the Acts of the Apostles about unity and conversion and healing. And today we hear the story of the welcoming of a new member to the family who was called Saul, later Saint Paul. One of the stories of our family isn't shared during this cycle of readings of the Easter season, which is the story worth knowing, so so perhaps it should be. It's the story of Saul, and frankly, it was pretty ugly until he encounters the risen Lord on the road to Damascus. Despite his role as the premier evangelist that the church has ever known, Saul Formerly persecuted Christians, he was complicit in the murder of St. Stephen, the first Christian martyr, and the imprisonment of countless others, who who knows how many of them perished. But on that road to Damascus, he was struck blind and heard the voice of Jesus, Why are you persecuting me? It was powerfully life-changing as an event for Saul, later Paul, and subsequently us guided by the Holy Spirit and the prompting of the risen Lord, Ananias brought St. Paul for healing and later he baptized him. And as the story goes, Saul immediately, immediately, as we heard in our gospel today, went out and preached in Damascus about Jesus. What an incredible transformation. He who has once been a persecutor was now a preacher of the good news of Jesus Christ. Yes, Saul who again will later be called Paul, is certainly one of the most interesting characters in the family tree of Christianity. In our first reading, Saul comes to meet the community of disciples in Jerusalem. and all of the uncertainty that enveloped the members of the early church, he wasn't welcomed. They were afraid of him, after all. And for good reason, as martyrdom was the common expression of faith during these early centuries. Some were no doubt angry with him and others suspicious of his motives. But simply, St. Paul needed an advocate lest he become discouraged, rejected, discarded. And then enters St. Barnabas. Barnabas took charge of Saul and brought him to meet the Apostles. Barnabas in his life just introduced people. He is a man with a spirit of welcome. In fact, Barnabas is his nickname. It means the son of encouragement. That's what the apostles called him. Barnabas encouraged the community of the early church. He welcomed people who arrived. He introduces people. He walks up to people and says, hello, I'm Barnabas. He builds the community because he encourages and because he welcomes others. Think for a moment about how different our Christian family story would be if Barnabas just sat back and was as cynical as some of the other early disciples and didn't welcome Saul that day in Jerusalem. What if Barnabas said to himself, Nah, I know enough people in this community. I have my own friends and I will let somebody else Welcome the visitors today, or maybe he didn't want his reputation to be marred by the rumors about Saul. Is yes, how different would our family story be if Barnabas didn't take the time to welcome Saul on that day in Jerusalem? There will be gaps in our spiritual genealogy. Gone would be St. Paul's missionary journeys. And what about the letters to the cities and the communities of the early church that comprise a significant portion of the New Testament? Would we even have the gospel of St. Luke and the Acts of the Apostles because Luke heard about Jesus from the preaching of St. Paul? How different would our family story be if Barnabas did not take the time to welcome Saul into the community on that day in Jerusalem? Fortunately, Barnabas welcomed Saul. He took charge of him. He brought him to the apostles and introduced him. It was a simple gesture with a very profound impact. To greet someone we don't know and welcome them into the body of Christ may be difficult for the introverts among us, but it's not complicated. Barnabas shows us, Barnabas welcomed a new member into the family, and he encouraged the community to not be afraid or angry or welcome this prodigal brother. And the expansion of the Christian family was then ex- exponential, all because of Saul turned Paul, who was invited by Barnabas. Our family's stories are filled with what seems to be simple moments of welcome an introduction. I often hear some sanctimonious whiners say, you know, I left the church because I attended for years and not a single person talked to me. Of course, you're indicting yourself because you didn't talk to anybody else either. One can ask, well, perhaps someone is hurting on your right or your left this morning who needs a smile or words of encouragement or hope. There is always an opportunity for a spirit of welcome and a moment of introduction. We have the opportunity to be like Barnabas and welcome someone to the community. For example, there are always, for example, athletes that come from Grand Park at our masses all summer long. Anybody say hi? Anybody welcome them? We can also invite people back to the community after this COVID-19 pandemic that has been driving us all crazy. There are so many people who have not been able we have not been able to see during the pandemic. Maybe we can place a call to them. Welcome them back. Are we as a parish community a place of warmth and welcome? For many who have not been completely converted, this becomes an important step to Christ. And now the Lord Jesus welcomes us to this altar of sacrifice. We have heard his word. We have shared his story. Here he will feed us and nourish us and strengthen us so that we will be able to encourage, to offer a word of welcome from this community to the lost children of God. Amen.